Should I do my TikTok voice? Yeah, no, no oh, just, just do a TikTok yes, voice. Yes, TikTok yeah. voice. <laughs> oh, okay. She might need to do a couple of versions of it. We're soft plastics and. Oh, no, wait. No, no, you do a few. Hi. 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 We're soft plastics and you're listening to Hako FM. So excited. OMG. Cannot wait to listen to this podcast. It's the best podcast that you can listen to. Can't wait. So cute.
one thing that struck me finally listening to it all the songs like in order back to back is how like how out front and center your voice is sophie for like maybe even the first like whole third whole like first half and like i think it works really well and it's really interesting for a band to have a little it's not unbalanced i would say you know what i mean like but bands usually be like oh we've got to have it's got to sound like a band at all times mm. um how do you feel having yourself and your voice out front so much like that is that a comfortable thing for you or is that are you do you love that are you like how do you feel i mean like i think i have an all right voice so mm. like i have a great voice <laughs> yeah i'm just being are you kidding me i'm just being a fucking humble kiwi over here right yeah. Um, yeah, my voice is oh, all right. Oh, yeah, my voice is fine. <laughs> I guess I can sing. It's funny, though, like, um, I was listening to, like, Early Always, you know, the band with the Vs instead of the W? Yeah. And, like, her voice is amazing, but her voice in the, f- like, in that album that has, like, Marry Me Archie on it, her voice is, like, kind of, like, back and all this effects on it, whereas the new album that they put out is, like, way in front, and I think that's just maybe the style at the moment of like indie bands with their voices being out the front and I think like when James was mixing it my note was always like I think the voice should be like further Mm. forward because yes we are an indie band but I think the voice is like a extremely important part of the music and because I can sing like sub because <laughs> I can sing right like it may as well not be buried mm. um, and also I think because when we played in Beat Coma my voice had so many effects on it that it was just basically like inaudible and I don't know I'm chill with it cool. I think it's good what do you guys think? Uh, yeah no I definitely have thoughts on this uh, if we're passing the question down the line um, yeah no um, I've definitely come accustomed to that over the years um, like working with Sophie with soft plastics especially even to like you know when I'm thinking about making these demos and what the song's going to be or structuring it out like the space for the vocals like in terms of instrumentation and arrangement and like what's going to go into it the centre of it is going to be the vocals and I know part of the charm of soft plastics is the vocals, and I'm very aware of that. So, yeah, leaving space for that, that's going to be the front thing, and working around that is how I consciously make the music that we make. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. I think, like, it's good to build around Sophie's extremely good voice. (laughs) Extremely good lyrics as well. I love her lyrics. Um, And, yeah, I guess, you know, when they hear a song um, that Sophie and Jono have been working on, they, you know, like, are like, let's workshop some drums. It's always just kind of like, how do we, how do we build Mm. rather than take away? Because that's, it's, bands can often just like fill the space or like everything is quite upfront as well. And I think, what I really liked about listening to like the album all the way through is that because of that approach from the band, kind of leaving that space for Sophie's vocals and be out the front, when in those moments like Loser or like Disembody or Darcy like come through, it's so much more like bigger and impactful. It's, it's, it's more like an exclamation point as opposed to just like 
on all the time where it kind of loses it and I, I think it works so well mm. yeah and that's the part live especially that I, I think really comes across as well because it's like some people might think it's just they think oh this is amazing I'm going to be listening to kind of some singer songwriter music or whatever yeah. that's got that's like really cool aesthetically sounding and all like the other stuff and then like those moments you guys put in where the band just really punches in and all that stuff it's like oh this is a no this is a real fucking band yeah. so yeah and it's so much more obvious listening to the whole record which I was a big part of the enjoyment for me yeah and like in saying that it's not like all about my voice it's definitely about all of us as a band like the moments where we where there's no vocals is actually like more powerful for me to like play than it is for me to sing like mm. when when I stop singing and we like all just like you know rock out like that's the magic part and the singing is not as important I guess yeah yeah, yeah I think we've again like aware that we are a free piece as well and like free pieces traditionally are quite hard to you don't have to sound like a massive band when you're a free piece like you can be whatever you want obviously but I think I personally want it to sound like a quite full experience that you know is I don't know I don't know how to put it like loud and like full Mm. I don't want people going away going oh that was just some twinkie guitar like twinkie guitar music I don't know I'm just very aware (laughs) like that I want this to sound like quite large and I think we focus on that quite a bit well I personally do and like obviously those dynamics are bringing it down for vocal moments and space for vocals but then when that vocal goes away how do we make this sound Mm. big and like impactful and you know absorbing so then we like I know that's mostly guitar or like drums I'm always talking to Laura about drums even though I know nothing about drums <laughs> we have these conversations which is the I'm sweetest all, thing because yeah. I give him this look <laughs> I'm always like Laura we could like, like do this maybe stare. and then you're like yeah oh yeah we could do I also she gaslight him <laughs> he's like he's like we could get some mallets and I'm like I don't want mallets <laughs> yeah. and I bought these uh, she's like I'm, I'm embarrassed of mallets yeah so I'm not going to use mallets and I bought some and I just was like oh my god I love these mallets <laughs> <laughs> this is the best idea I've ever had yeah she guessed with us she was like oh my god I can't believe I came up with this idea to get melons yeah also like all your pedals they fill they fill up the yeah, space yeah that's very purposeful yeah Jono fills up most of the space yeah, yeah. being he, a man and all of course he's really man he yeah. mansplains give me, a, give me an opportunity and I'm just
the studio space, like with that intention of making it big and yeah. um, having things, like what did James bring to the band in the sessions to kind of help fulfill that vision? Ah, oh. he bossed us around a lot. Ah, <laughs> uh, just kidding. No. <laughs> Do you want? Like, cause it, cause yeah. it can be a hard thing to translate. It can be a, like live, you can make it sound big, but then going to a studio, it's not necessarily just a case of let's just play it and perform it yeah, live. Yeah, nah. Well, you know? so the way that we, sorry, this will probably interest like one percent of your listeners, <laughs> but the way that we recorded it was we we're all in the same room, so it felt like we were playing. We were playing together <laughs> to the demo, <laughs> and we were, and we were. Um, but what he did was he recorded. He put the mics on my drums, but he put the mics um, on Sophie and Jono's outside at, of the room. Yeah, outside of the room, so he could mix it all together. Mm. Um, but there were moments where um, creating that, like those, uh, especially in um, it was one song where uh, we added some snare, but he was like. I want to use this cool funky thing that will give a good reverb to the snare, which was like it's huge. What is it? Metal revel. You know what it is. Plate reverb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ask Ellie Stone. Yeah, I know. I didn't know what it was called. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. Um, But it just sounded like we were recording in a huge space. Mm. It felt like those little tracks. It felt like we were recording like um, what's the be my baby. Yeah. That's what it sounded like. Mm. It's like natural. Yeah. Natural For reverb. my world, your girl. So. Yeah. Be no, I think like working with James, like he's very versatile in what he's done. He's done like a lot of stuff, but he actually like, I think a lot of the biggest stuff he's done is actually like, big, like rocky bands, mm. metal-y bands. Um, so like considering that when we went into this, he was very aware of like layers and how we're going to do this. Like, obviously the record isn't just the three of us playing in a room. It's like multi-layered, multi-guitar, multi-vocal, which was kind of like what we wanted, right? We didn't want it to be just like us playing in a room. We wanted to like go to that next level of, um, this is an album album. This is a studio album. This is us trying to work things out and like make things that are bigger than us. I think that's why I like it quite yeah. a lot because for me, for me, I guess as a fan, you guys make the kind of New Zealand... The, the, the music that I like here in New Zealand, as mm. well as what doesn't get done quite right all the time is the production and the presentation of a recording, yeah. where I find like, mm-hmm. if, well, I really love it live, and like if I'm really hankering, I'll listen to the record. But yeah, and I think you've, you guys have done really, really well with that studio presentation of it. That's the atmosphere, and yeah, it, yeah. It, it's, it is amazing how there can be so much space in your songs, and they, they do not sound like they're lacking at all. So it's a really Mm. great achievement. And that's like, that's harder than filling it up. You know, like a subtractive method is like way harder than additive of just like adding shit to a song. Like you can just add layers and layers and layers if you want. But like reducing and taking it back is like hard because then you have to be like, okay. Then it's more like the vibe, the moment. You're just like, yeah, it's hard, I think. Yeah. And I think like especially because like the artists that I listen to, not the only ones, but like people like Sharon and Angel and like Big Thief sort of vibes, like they are very well produced albums and that's sort of like what, I don't know, we want to make like the New Zealand version of that, I guess in a way, without obviously ripping them off, but 
like making something that still sounds like us but sounds like an elevated version of us mm. is like what we're aiming for in a way I cut my teeth you
is there a song on the record now that it's out that didn't come out as a single that you're like really stoked people can now listen to? Like, f- yes? For me, it's someone else. Right. I love it. It's just such a beautiful song. And I think that um, James had so much fun with the outro as well. Yeah. It's, it's placebo vibes. <laughs> 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 Which is, again, like from what Sophie was saying before, um, having like Sharon and, and Angel is like influences but also having something that is a little bit you know surprising like something that you wouldn't really hear um like some kind of quirk or something that is slightly different um added to it which is great yeah that was a fun one to do because it was hard to figure out how that song was going to end like when you, we came out with it, it was like classic like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, and then rock out at the end. But we do like a <laughs> lot of rock outs. <laughs> so this one was like, okay, what is like a different way to end this? What can we think about? And then, yeah, we kind of came up with this idea of like uh, a reprise chorus. So like it's a chorus, but like different chords, different notes, but has the feeling of the chorus. And it was like, yeah, that was really cool to come up with like I think about that when I listen to that song. I'm like, man, this is like a really cool moment on the whole album. It's, it's like the, the most different on the whole yeah. album. It's like the reactionary song to yeah. the other stuff. You know, it's that that kind of within the album you're seeing the kind of yeah reaction creatively from mm. you guys to what else is going. Yeah, on. and yeah. like I mentioned before, it was kind of like the one towards the end we wrote. So like, I think at that point we were pushing ourselves to, and especially James being like quite. Uh, on our case about how we write and structure our songs. He was like kind of pushing us to do things differently. Um, so yeah, that was a really good one to work out. What about you, Sophie? Um, I guess like a special one for me is um, Swan Song, which was actually called Sophie Sad Song for most of the time until we had to get the record pressed. Is that, if it's written down on a set list, is that what it's written as? Or is it written as Swan Song? Um, I think <gasps> now it's called Swan Song, but okay. back then it was called SSS. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think like that one was cool. I was very sad at the time and you probably figured that out. Um, yeah wrote that pretty much in its entirety and then got Jono to play guitar on it and then sent it to James. I was like, this has to go on the album because I am sad and therefore (laughs) it makes me feel less sad because of putting out there. Um, But when we recorded it, like, Jono, did you play Rhodes? Fender Rhodes? Yeah, on that one, yeah. Fender Rhodes, he like got on it and it just sounded like it was just like the perfect yeah. synth tone for the whole thing and then mm. like had this outro and then we got um, Charlie Davenport to put cello on it and it was it's just like a song that you like cry to or like maybe cut your wrists yeah. like, oh can I, I can't probably say that <laughs> no but um, like it was like an album where like <laughs> soft plastics and courage you don't do it in the way that you die <laughs> you do it in the way do that you, you like look cool because you got scars no on no, no 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 cut all this cut all this no um, but yeah it was that was another outro that we yeah. wrestled with like you know going home and being like okay it's gonna end like this this descending chord progression 
what can we do? And I was like trying to wrestle with like guitar ideas, sending them to like James and like the band. And then like, they're being like, no, no, no. And then being like, oh, we just got like um, Charlie. Dem- um, Devonport. Devonport, yes. Um, who's fucking studio celloist in Wellington. Awesome. Just came in and like just did it. Mm. And we're like, that's he it. Did, he <laughs> that's just, all like, we needed. He just improvised <laughs> it. And we had like, we ended up recording heaps of stuff for it. And then like, actually taking a lot of it away yeah like, like james had come up like this vocal needed, choir and it was yeah. like all this stuff and we're like no yeah no. we had like this choir shit going on and we're mm. like mm, actually what if it was just like percussion and like cello. a bit of guitar and then charlie playing cello yeah. like that was all it needed um and i think like for me personally that song is like really special you know, it captures like a very sad time in my life, and yeah. like it's. I love listening to it. I'm yeah. like, oh, I don't and feel like, like that anymore. <laughs> it's it's like a, the end of like um, it's the end of like side A on the record, which yeah. is nice. And we we're like conscious of that. Of like, finish the side A, and then side B is like whoosh, takes off. I hear the sad in everything. Don't know what that really means Am I the only one? Am I the only one who grieves? A silver spoon inside your mouth And a fear of living Pretend you love 
yeah, did the track list kind of come together or was this a process? Oh, it was so easy. We no, just, it wasn't. <laughs> we put them all in a hat, we picked them out and we're no. like, done. <laughs> it was like maths and like... At the end, it was math. I was very. There was we're a not spreadsheet. Good at, yeah. We're I not think there was a spreadsheet. Yeah, there was a spreadsheet which yeah. had like calculated the times, and I was like, "This is not my forte." Like, no. you guys, there needs to be an AI for that. <laughs> I was probably pers- is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we should have Chat <laughs> GPT, please, <laughs> <laughs> please like order my vinyl record. Yeah. I had ordered the album like based on the demos that we'd done into something I wanted to do. And that actually helped write some of the different remaining songs, I thought, because, like, you know, we'd piece together what we were going to do, My World, Your Girl, Loser, previous singles, and we were like, okay. It's an interesting way to think about it because it was like, okay, we're missing some of these elements from the album, like, you know, maybe one of these or one of those. And eventually I'd... It was going to be... We wanted it to be 10 songs. It ended up being nine songs, and we'd, I listed it out how I thought it should go once we had all the songs. And then James at the end was like... Nope. <laughs> James uh, bowls in. He's like, no, no, no. No, no, we're not starting no, with that. No, no. We're not ending with that. Not today. Doing this. And then obviously he rearranges it and we're like, okay, we'll think about that. And You're then, probably right, James. No. But then also <laughs> yes, vinyl James. came into the equation. Obviously mm. vinyl and then like 40 minutes each side and that changed it again. No, it's like 20, isn't it? Oh, no. Yeah, sorry. 20 minutes each side, my bad. 40 minutes in total. Yes. Um, <laughs> And yeah, so that changed it. And then based on that, we made the, I think every, both sides are like just on the dot, like close and it, it's wicked. It works out. Just need a deluxe digital version then. Yeah. So don't plan how your album's going to go because it's going to go in vinyl and it's going to change everything. So yeah. <laughs> that's a good point because you don't necessarily, when you're not used to that um, physical, we're so used to digitally just being able to do what the fuck we want. Yeah. Mm. Uh, let's, add, let's add another minute to this song and still this thing. Yeah. And then, like, you actually do get kind of brought back down to, like, physical limitations with vinyl. It's really the only place. And live, I guess, kind yeah, of. Yeah. Well. Like, we had to cut, like, a couple of, like, seconds out of some songs just to make them fit, like, but make it seamless as well. So. Couple, couple of seconds. More like <laughs> 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some songs, some songs have been shortened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we still play them long live generally because it's like the vibe. Yeah. But for singles and stuff, like you kind of want them to be as close to three minutes as you can get. And when you're a jammy, when you're a jammy band, it's a bit hard. But I feel like, like I, I've listened to like the album in its like order for like the last six months, so it feels like pretty natural and I think like look like I'm not one of those single girls and listens to singles all the time I like to listen to the full album and I think you do get like so much out of like knowing like what song comes next because it feels like that's where it should go um so hopefully people who listen to Saturn Return like feel the same way that it like flows well I think that's like the most important thing that it that it's not like super I don't know it doesn't feel like it's out of place some of the songs
the last thing I want to ask about was live. You guys are quite good at putting songs that weren't out yet in your live sets and just playing them live. I feel like, right? I swear I heard songs that Tuning Fork that weren't out yet. I've heard like Darcy and all these I things. I mean, probably. Anyway. <laughs> um, is now that the album's out, is that going to, like, does that, how does that impact the live um, set list for you guys? Is it kind of just carry on as normal or are you getting to put certain songs in? Have you talked about it yet? Like, well, how does that work? Jono writes our set list, aka menu. Okay. Degustation. So it's up to Jono. Oh, awesome. <laughs> oh, me? Yeah. Um, I missed the question a little bit. Was it around <laughs> like... Well, did, yeah, does the album coming out and everyone actually knowing all the songs now change how the live set lists are constructed? Yeah, no, um, not really, mm. um, to be fair. Like um, like Sophie says, the menu, like we think about it. Um, I think, yeah, the way I... It's not even about the album so much in the sense of like all the songs we've ever done, for, to be fair. Um, and thinking about how that blends into a show nicely is what I'm very conscious of. Is that mm. what, yeah. Is that what we're meaning? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm very much like, um, all right. So this like, cause the a lot of people. he processes the set list. Yeah. Is I think of it like, a, just like, incredible. yeah, dips. No, and they're not like banging set, but it's like, it's just dips and moments oh. and like building and, you know, dynamics and where fits where and, you know, almost like tactical decisions as well starting with loser because it comes in naturally slowly gives the sound guy a wa time to warm up mm. for example and then we're like okay start with loser that's fine test everything out and then yeah by the end of the show we're playing songs like darcy and just loud songs because mm. that's kind of like what's impactful at the end and i guess that process lends itself well to different scenario different sets you're playing i.e like oh we're playing at oh, the shooting sure. fork and now we're playing at Cooper Duper and uh, now we're playing at Flying Out. Yeah. You, you get to... For sure. You're not locked into this like one party fits all kind no. of dip set. In fact, yeah. Sophie and I played a show recently with some big Australian band, um, Gang of Youths, <laughs> and they, were, they, they asked us to play like a chill set, which was odd, but we played it. Yeah. That was like a totally different idea, right? Just somber songs. Interesting. Like, yeah. yeah. And it was just John and I because Laura was, was out injured. of action. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That show was... Yeah, let's not get into that. <laughs> definitely vibes. Definitely the bands you're playing with. Definitely the scenario mm. all relies on yeah. what the set list is going to be. You definitely can't just like pick one out of your like your back pocket. Yeah, I'm not and really like, like, oh, like this is the one we played for that yeah. show. That'll fit. Like you have to. We have to feel better about it when we're like, yeah, we curate. curate it's the definitely set list. not like a post punk band where it just turns around. Like someone, like the lead singer turns around and is like, we're gonna play this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which I'm used to, and it's, it's kind of stressful, <laughs> but fun. But yeah, yeah. it's nice to be thought. It's, it, I mean, you, Soft Plastics does seem like a relatively thought out band. Yes, we e are very. Yeah. Even We're if the so, thinking comes close yeah, to the time, super organized, super thoughtful. Do mm. get drunk quite a bit though. <laughs> That's Chronic probably overthinkers. <laughs> we got to turn the brain off sometime and somehow.
Return. <laughs> 